0: Hello, this is Dez of Dez360, Wisdom and Wit for Women. Today, we're going to talk about the silent killer. And no, I'm not talking about a heart attack or stroke. I'm actually referring to self-sabotage. Self-sabotage keeps you from reaching goals and attaining all that life has to offer, which means you're likely stagnant and just trying to make it through life. Well, anything that isn't living is dead, and anything that isn't giving you life is killing you. Listen in to this empowerment call that I hosted for the full discussion. I love to hear back from you on this and all other podcasts as well. Stand by.
1: It's uh, self sabotaging. Self sabotaging. Now I know that a lot of times we um you know, we write down these goals and these dreams and we, we always want to blame external things for you know, the reason why it didn't work out. You know, I never came up with the money to invest in the vision or the dream or I never, you know, got the support from whoever or, you know, things like that. We come up with a whole lot of reasons as to why things don't work out, but we not oftentimes look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what, it didn't work out because of me. And that's mainly because you don't realize that it's you who is driving the vehicle of success in your life. And so we like to say that high blood pressure and, um, things like that medically related are silent killers. But when you think about it, self-sabotage is also a silent killer, and I are going want to get into the reason why. So how many of us have goals that we've set in place in hopes to reach a predetermined end? How many of us only set goals that we are sure we would accomplish? Why do I ask? Because it's highly likely that you could be getting in your own way of reaching those goals by self-sabotaging. Now, I know that it seems paradoxical that a person would um, try to help themselves with hurtful behavior, but it happens every day. Behavior is said to be self-sabotaging, when it creates problems and interferes with long-standing goals. The most common self-sabotaging behaviors are procrastination. I think that we've all been victims of procrastination. Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. Self-medication with drugs or alcohol, so we need to get a drink. We need, you know, to smoke our weed or our blunts, or we need to, you know, all these things that we self-medicate, you know, Ciroc and um, all the newest drinks that's out. I can't keep up, okay? And then especially for women, we like to comfort eat. So we like to go get our favorite ice cream, or for me it's something chocolate. I just need some chocolate and my nerves will be better, you know? How many of you can relate to that? And then the most recent phenomenon that's becoming – um, that's growing with awareness is self-injury, such as cutting. So if you work in a school system or with um, youth, you know that, self cut, that cutting is becoming like the newest thing, okay? Another definition of self sabotage is when you are attempting to solve or cope with a problem, it instigates new problems, interferes with long-term goals, and unsettles relationships. These acts may seem helpful in the moment, but they ultimately undermine us, especially when we engage in them repeatedly. What all self-defeating behaviors have in common is that they are false friends. What do you mean, Des? What is a false friend? I think we all know what that is. They seem helpful at the time, but they are actually harmful to us, especially when, they are, when the behavior is repeated. Now, I know I've had a few false friends a time and two in my life, which is why I use the analogy, and I think we can all understand that simple analogy. So just like we've had false friends, I've had a few self-sabotaging behaviors. So self-sabotage is not an act. Most people think that it's an act. It's just, you know, it's something that you do. It is an act, but it's more of a process, a complex, tragic process that pits people against their own thoughts and impulses. Though we all make mistakes, a true self-sabotager continues to try to fix those mistakes by top-loading them with increasingly bad decisions. Sometimes in response to an upsetting situation or event or, you know, something took place that we didn't agree with, so we're raging mad, we're upset, we become so focused on that thing, and become so focused on it that we work ourselves into an intense, painful state of negative emotion. Then we begin self-sabotaging behaviors to kind of short-circuit the emotional high from the original situation and hope that physical sensations from the destructive behaviors like the taste of food or pain from self-injury or the high from a drug drug, will distract us from the upsetting thoughts. Stopping the emotional cascade and reducing emotional pain feel good in the moment, but the negative consequences of the behavior remain. So, yeah, you got so mad that you needed a drink. Okay, yeah, you took your mind off of the, the situation but that, the, however long it took you to drink that drink, but that problem is still there, okay? And then the behavior is still there, so you're creating a pattern of behavior. There are certain gender precursors when it comes to sabotaging choice. Men, for example, are more likely to develop problems with physical aggression and drug and alcohol use, while women are more frequently um, likely to get caught up in problem eating or self-injury. So, of course, again, like I alluded to earlier, we like to – Honey, let's go out to eat. My nerves are bad. I know that's what me and my girls mean. You know, your nerves get bad, you want to go out to eat. (laughs) Okay? So the reason I refer to self Sabotage as a fighting killer is because people don't always realize – give me one second, guys. I'm sorry I'm having technical – Okay. My screen was finished, I want to make sure you guys are getting this. The reason I refer to self-sabotage as a silent killer is because people don't always realize they are sabotaging themselves. This is in part because the consequences of many of our actions are not immediate consequences, which makes it hard to connect a behavior to a bad outcome. So, you know, in the world that we live in now, we want immediate gratification or we want an immediate consequence. If there is not immediate gratification, we don't want to do it again. It won't happen anymore. I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. If it's not an immediate consequence, we feel like, oh, I've gotten away with it, so we repeat the behavior. The only way to overcome and get rid of this behavior is by interrupting the ingrained patterns of thoughts and action and strengthening the deliberation and self-regulating processes. So that was a whole mouthful. So I'm going to break this down for you because some of you right now are already thinking, well, I don't self-sabotage. I don't have any of those problems you just mentioned. I, I can control my eating. It's okay to have a cocktail or two or three or four. When I get mad, there's nothing wrong with that desk. What's your problem? So my question is, so, so you don't self-sabotage? Okay. What about when you constantly say, if only? See, the problem with if only is that it not only wants you to change your past actions, but it also wants you to change your lack of action. If only I had not dropped out of school, or you say something like, if only I stood up for myself more in that relationship. If alone does not change the circumstance. However, if you partner if with but then you prompt change for example if i had finished school i wouldn't be in this situation but thank god i have the opportunity to get my GED, and i just enrolled in the classes today if only i stood up for myself more in the relationship i would probably still be married but god has the right one for me in the right time so it propels you to take action and move forward when you when you partner if with but because but is a contrast in conjunction is it disregards everything that was said before it. So now you have the power to reshape what comes after it, with your words, of course. Some of you are thinking right now that that's not me. That is, I don't have a problem with thinking about the shoulda, coulda, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. I need to hang up this phone. You're not talking to me. This call has nothing to do with me. I don't have that problem. Okay, well, maybe you have the problem of suppressing your thoughts in fear of being defeated by them. That's the easiest way to ensure that the thought will have power over you. The Bible tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Not as a man thinks in his head. (laughs) The mind is a dangerous organ, which is why the Bible also tells us to renew it daily. That means give it a fresh start. You have to be in control of your mind. So the way to control that is to ask for God to help you to renew it daily. See, most real issues are matters of the heart, but we don't give ourselves a chance to acknowledge the heart because we operate and function out of our head so much. We as people give our thoughts too much power and control, and, and if we just need to stop it. We need to get in control of our thoughts. Well, I know you may be thinking that sounds real good, Des, but how do I get power back from my thoughts or over my thoughts? Simple. Process it. Process the thought instead of wasting the time and the energy trying to keep the thought from happening. Allow yourself to understand it, to feel it and perhaps eventually decide that it doesn't make sense at all, and then you could just get rid of the thought altogether. It is then that you can concentrate, or excuse me, it is then that you can counteract the negativity in your mind and align your thoughts in your head with what's in your heart. Don't deny yourself the opportunity to work through through them, because if you do, you find yourself trying to avoid the thought and, like I said, suppress the thought. You're human, and unpleasant thoughts happen, but it's up to you to decide what you do with the thoughts. Can you imagine if all of your thoughts were positive and we acted on them as much as we act on the negative, idle thoughts that we have? (laughs) What would your life be like? You have the power to create that. That very image that you're holding in your mind, you have the power to create that starting with your thoughts. We know that actions are thoughts manifested. So I caution you to be careful of the thoughts you allow to linger in your mind. You may just act on it. Dr. Robert Firestone refers to self-sabotage as the anti-self, which means against us or against self. The anti-self is an internal enemy residing in our minds. It speaks to us through self-critical, self-denying, or even self-soothing thoughts known as the critical inner voice, the purpose of which is to hold us back and keep us in our place. The voice is shaped by early life experiences, the ways we were viewed and treated when we were growing up, if we were regarded as a burden, to, a burden to our family or told we were stupid or dumb, we will ingrain these beliefs in our psyche, accepting them as some level of truth. Now, we may, as adults, of course, we may reshape some of those thoughts. We may, you know, if you were told you were, you know, you're pretty, you're, you know, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. That was one of the things that I always heard growing up, even as an adult. And I'm just like, no, I'm just pretty. I'm not, I'm not pretty for a dark-skinned girl. I'm just pretty. That's just the end of that. That's a complete sentence. And so what we do is, we accept them as to be some level of truth in what, in what the person has said to, the, to us or done to us. We are also affected by our early environment. If we were miserable and lonely, we may grow to feel unworthy or uncomfortable, uncomfortable socially. If we were told tasks would be too hard or, or shown by example to be passive or victimized, our critical inner voice will echo these messages for years to come. We may also imitate or take on the attitudes that our early caretakers had towards themselves. Have you ever noticed you find yourself doing things that your parents did? I know I do all the time. My mom is really good for losing her keys inside of her huge purse and bag. Like, and when I was growing up, I would always wonder in my mind and even say out loud, why don't you put the keys inside the little pocket, you know, so when you get ready to leave out of the location you're at, you can find the keys. Well, here I am, shifting that purse to the side looking for her keys in the same manner in which my mom did it for years. Um, if they were self-hating, timid, or depressed, we may emulate these traits of view ourselves as having these same characteristics in our adulthood. Okay? So some of us have no problem thinking clearly, but we may have problems feeling. So no, Desiree, I don't have a problem with my thoughts. I have that under control. I know how to renew my mind. I, I meditate every day. I don't suppress any feelings, um, you know, any thoughts. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any of the problems you just mentioned. Well, what about your feelings? How are you expressing your feelings? The more you avoid a feeling, the bigger the feeling gets. It continues to grow, just like a seed has been planted. Feelings, when hidden, grow bigger and bigger and bigger until you have this monumental thing or problem or issue or thought or feeling in front of you, and you don't even recognize where it started. Think of it as a seed. You guys know I like to talk about seeds, beautiful like a flower. I had a whole last session on that, I think, maybe two months ago, about the importance of a seed. But you bury a seed in the dirt, but once it's hidden, you don't see the growth process happening. You assume it's happening, but you don't see it. Not until you see the derivative of the seed. So if you plant an apple, a seed for an apple tree, you're just assuming you hope that it's growing, but you don't know that it's actually growing until you see what? A tree sprouting up from the ground. Sometimes you are walking around popping off at people because you have buried feelings that have nothing to do with the person that you're getting into with that you're having conflict with. We do this out of guilt or fear. When you bury feelings, there is no way that reaching a goal is possible while maintaining your peace, at least. I mean, yeah, we may reach goals, but do you still have your peace? And for me, that is a part of every goal. I have to have peace while I'm in progress, okay? Leave the lid halfway off the pot to let the steam escape. I promise y'all the food will still cook. Okay, so I hear you. You have it all under control. You will just start tomorrow Because you are a habitual starter. You know the type that needs to start fresh. They need a fresh start. They need a, 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 you know, a clear indication of where they began. I need to start at the first of the month. They need to start at the top of the week, the beginning of the year, you know, those New Year resolution type people. If you, in fact, need a clean slate, why not start at the next hour? Isn't the next hour different from the hour we're in? What about 30 minutes from now? Instead of saying you need a clean slate, create one. I know sometimes you get boggled down with work or with the children and things like that, or an assignment, a project. But instead of waiting until next week, walk away from what you're doing, walk away from the project for a moment, and then complete it when you come back. Take a, just take up, a, get a fresh, a fresh breath of air. You know, walk away, come back, clear your mind for a sec. You may want to make you some tea and come back. How, some of us like to take, make a, you know, do a quick meditation and then go back to it. But it's important that you don't keep restarting or Every time you you halfway through a project, you want to start a new one and not complete the last one. It's self-sabotage. You'll never reach your goal. Now, as much as I dislike science, I've shared that with you all before, some kind of way I always ended up (laughs) going back to science. I don't know how it happened. Maybe I should rethink my career because, I don't know, I keep going back to this whole science piece. But let's talk a little bit about inertia. If I have any science deeps on the line, you know, um, you will be familiar with this term, and if I don't, just bear with me because, you know, I like to explain. So here we go. Inertia, which is the resistance of any physical object to any change in this state of motion. This includes changes to its speed, direction, or state of rest. It is a tendency of objects to keep moving in a straight line at constant velocity. The principle of inertia is one of the fundamental principles of classical physics that are used to describe the motion of objects and how they are affected by applied forces. Inertia comes from the Latin word "iners," which means idle or sluggish. Inertia is one of the primary manifestations of mass, which is a quantitative property of physical systems. Isaac Newton defined inertia in his first law, which states, the innate force of matter is a power of resisting by which everybody endeavors to preserve its present state, whether it be of rest or of moving uniformly forward in a straight line. We are designed to preserve our present state. So I ask you this, what present state are you in? Are you in a state of motion or are you in a state of rest? Either way, you have the power, the inertia, to make change by creating structure and positive habits and routines. Otherwise, change will not take place, and you will continue to self-sabotage. So you all know that I like systems. I've shared with you before that I'm a former educator, and, of course, working with Hip Hop Systems Foundation. A lot of the things that we do is systematic. Um, there is a plan in place, and you just execute. And I believe that if you give people steps, they are more likely to employ change. So I've already told you all the different ways that you could be self-sabotaging, and there are so many ways, but, of course, I like to respect your time and I just want to share with you those, those three main steps. But I want to give you some clear steps to help you to, to break the cycle of self-sabotage because I don't want to just identify the problem. I want to give you a solution. So here we go. The first thing is you need to identify the self-sabotaging behavior. What is it that I believe in this situation? So the next set of questions I'm going to ask you are questions that you can ask yourself in the time in which you're self-reflecting. What is it that I believe about myself and my own abilities? How did my belief about this trigger this self-sabotaging pattern? How is this belief ridiculous and impractical? Because you do know that some of the thoughts we have are absolutely ridiculous, right? What would others say about this belief? What is another more helpful perspective I can take on or take of this situation? So the first one is to identify the self-sabotaging behavior. You can't change a problem that you have not recognized and identified. The second piece is to recreate a pattern because everything that I mentioned prior to now was identified in a pattern, your thought process, the way you deal with your emotions and your feelings, okay, so you have to recreate your pattern. Having completed the first step, which is identifying the self-sabotaging behavior, you can now consciously recreate the self-sabotage pattern by outlining all the triggers and the behaviors associated with the triggers that manifest as a result of the trigger. So it's one thing to know that, okay, you know what, I talk myself out of everything I do, so my, my thinking is a little bit off because I'm a, I'm afraid of failure, okay? That's a self-sabotaging thought. I'm not going to do this because I know I'm going to fail at it. But That's the problem. What triggers this? Well, it may be that you have failed at something before. It may be that you have attempted this thing before and it wasn't successful. So you have to identify the behavior and then associate it with the trigger, okay? (coughs) Excuse me. It's important that you are clear how this behavior manifests in your life before moving on to step number three. So step number one was identifying the self-sabotaging behavior. Step number two was recreating the pattern. Number three is identify healthy replacement behavior. So I know we're familiar that a lot of times when people are trying to stop smoking, they stop smoking and then they chew gum. That's kind of like the only thing I know a lot of people do. They get a patch, they chew gum, they try to stop with the craving that they have for cigarettes. So a lot of times what we do is we stop one behavior that is negative and replace it with another negative behavior. That's not what I'm talking about here. We want to identify a healthy replacement behavior. In order to eliminate an old pattern of behavior, we often must replace it. We often replace it with a new pattern of behavior that's more practical and helpful. This is important because often we simply can't avoid certain triggers such as people, objects, or circumstances that cause us to react in limiting ways. You have to go to work. If your boss is a trigger, you have to deal with your boss. If you're, you're, you know, you're, your neighbor is a trigger, you're going to run into your neighbor. If the little lady on the front of the church, in the church, on the front row in the bench or in the pew is a trigger, you're not going to stop going to church, okay? So some things are just unavoidable. But you have to figure out a different and more appropriate way to respond, and that will help you achieve your goals and your objectives when you're talking about identifying healthy retracement behavior. So here are some questions to ask yourself. How could I respond in a more appropriate and proactive manner that would help me get what I want? So if you're at work, for example, and you know your boss likes to micromanage you, that irritates you, it makes you self-sabotage, it makes you start saying, I need to quit this job, uh, you know what, I'm not good enough, it makes you start saying all those things, and then the thing to do is go in a little bit earlier and start producing, you know, your tasks and getting, you know, knock off some of those tasks a little bit early before your boss asks for them. That way when they come and ask for something, it's already done. So you have to be proactive. Another question is how is, the, how is this a better way to respond? Okay, so, you know, the kids like to say, oh, she's popping off, or I don't know what else the kids say. You know, my baby's 11, but they don't really, she thinks she's hip, but she's not that hip. So whatever the new word and terms are for popping off, I don't even know if that's old or new anymore, but popping off, right? You're going off on somebody. Is that really going to help you get anywhere? Probably not. So ask yourself, what's a better way to respond? Another question is, what are some reasons for making this change? You've got to realize that the changes that you're making are not for someone else. The changes are for you. Now, the other people may benefit from the change, but ultimately the change is for you. What could be the long-term benefits of transforming how I respond in this situation? So, again, we are, a, 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 we are a people that in this day and age that want immediate gratification. We want um, immediate reactions, responses. We want to know what's happening right now. You want to do a survey and get the results right now. That doesn't always happen. So even though you may be changing your behavior, and I'm going to use the same example at work, your boss still may nag you, but in the long run, what is the benefit? How does, how does your change help you in the long run in that situation? And then the last question is, what are the key advantages of this new behavior? Well, it may be that somebody else walks in, you have a conversation with somebody else, you have a business meeting, and then someone else loves how pleasant you are. They see that you've been on task, so on and so forth, and they want to hire you for their company. Who knows? So there are some advantages to positive behavior. The fourth step is practice new behavior into a habit is formed. Okay. Once you have identified your new behavior, you must now take the time to practice implementing it as often as possible over the next, I say, three or four weeks until a habit is formed. Okay. First, begin by running your response to the situation in your imagination. Send every detail and feeling the positive energy turning through your body as you overcome this self-sabotaging pattern. Everything starts in your mind. So if you already know, I'm going to use the same example, when you go to work, your boss is crazy, you know, see your boss being crazy in your head, but see yourself responding with this new behavior that you're, you're trying to implement, okay? Now that your imagination has been primed, you are now ready to put yourself in situations that will naturally trigger your old patterns of behavior However, this time you are primed with a new response mechanism that you will continue to practice over the next couple of weeks until a new habit is finally formed. So habits, you know, are very difficult to break. So you have to prime your brain and prime your mind the same way you prime a wall when you're ready to paint. I don't know anyone who tries to paint a red wall with white paint without primer. Whether the primer is included in the paint that you're using or you have to prime then paint. There's a, there are steps to um, resurfacing something or reinventing something or changing the look of something. It's the same thing with our personalities and our thought processes. You have to prime your brain and start in your mind, so see yourself being different, and then it will come, okay? So I can go on and on and on about self-sabotaging, but I'll stop right here, but let me say this final, this, this final thing, and this is the caveat right here. Self-sabotaging behavior will stop you, from doing anything that you want to do in your life, whether it be a business, whether it be, you know, losing weight, whether it be gaining weight, whether it be, you know, toning up, whether it be, you know, being a better, a better wife or a better mother or a better sister or friend, a better co- colleague, you self-sabotage all the time, probably because we're procrastinating, we're, in, we're indulging in drugs and people-pleasing. So here's the thing. Stop procrastinating, overeating indulging in drugs, people pleasing, and being over the top. Stop self-sabotaging as a means of self-defense. Stop allowing your childhood to hold your adult self hostage. Build a healthier you. Protect yourself from yourself, and then those dreams that you've down in your journals, your planners, type in your laptop, will take root and begin to grow and manifest in your life. Guys, I thank you so much for your time. We have to reshape our thinking so that we can reshape our futures. At this time... I think Leslie is on the call. Ms. Leslie, are you with us? Okay. My assistant, she must have dropped off, but I will take care of my own questions, answers, and I was in another screen, so I see some amens. I thank you for that. At this time, if you have any questions, comments, or anything you would like to share out, I would definitely welcome you to press the number one on your phone, and I will come right to you. That's the number one on your phone. if you have any questions or comments or anything you would like to share out with the group? Okay, Miss Natisha, join us in the living room. What's your question? Hey, hey, Desirée. Hey. No hey,
2: comment. Hey. No hey. questions
1: hey. today.
2: <laughs> um. Every week is something I didn't had a conversation with God. You know, cause I be look. Now look, Lord. We talked about this. I need a way. I'm I'm everywhere. I need to be focused, but I keep running into the same wall. And you just confirmed the conversation that I had with him, that I had with myself. Um, okay, it it's just this. These calls just keep feeding my spirit, and I feel myself getting better and better as a person for myself, which means that I could be a better person for my family. Um, I just want to thank you guys again for putting these calls on. I think everybody is just like, wow, <laughs> right about now, because we all just got a virtual whooping. <laughs> but it was a good oh thing. It, <laughs> it was a godly nudge in the right direction to where we need to be. No, 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 and I thank was, you. Like I
1: tell you, the last time I spoke, I told you this is not coming from me because. Even though I'm not doctor I when necessary, you know, I'm just like the host of calls, you know. Like, this is like for everyone. You just want to be, be you know? in the living room. Yeah, I just wanna you just want to be in the Yeah, you know, yeah, I just want to be That fly. You know? it's like, oh, my God, okay, got I have to speak again. Why would you give me such heavy loads to carry? But it's because of this right here. So I thank you so much, Ms. Nakisha, and thank you for joining us every week. I appreciate you. And um, I'm going to go on to our next caller. Thank you. You're welcome, Miss Mignon. Hey, girl. Now, let me tell y'all, Mignon is my friend <laughs> from high school. Hey, girl. Hey. Now, uh, join are you us in the living room, she, She's new, guys. I think as I can say in this in this environment, she's a wealthy Wednesday virgin. So, welcome. Um, How are you your doing? <laughs>
3: uh, I just had a comment. You know what? I was really moved by this phone call today. Um, I as you know, I'm in so many different things. You know, I'm a alumni committee at Dunbar and I, I'm active at my kids' school. I'm a manager at work. I got two different business ventures going on. And the fact that especially when it came to the self sabotaging, because there's often times um and i'm going into my 11th season um as a tax auditor and preparer and i'm telling you i almost gave up because last year was really a hot mess especially with the changes that we are about to experience with donald trump being in office and stuff like that um people Mm to realize and i find myself getting so upset because people like it does not affect me this is in the third i'm still going to have to go to work and this but it will affect you as time winding down as we can see Ronald Melian has already rolled out, or whoever his advisors have rolled out, the fact that in Illinois we're about to have like a $23 million cut in Social Security. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, in um, um, Link and all those. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so the, these are legit. I was in a tax seminar a couple of days ago. These are legit changes that are about to take place, and people fail to realize that it will affect us as consumers, as business people, as moms, as, you know, uh, matriarchs of families or whatever the case may be. So this guy really, you know, it touched me. It kind of made sure that I put something in my spirit like, God, you know, just lead me in the right direction because so many people depend upon me within the next couple of months when it comes to these returns, and people are looking forward to some things, and things are about to change. Over the course of the next four mm-hmm. years. So yeah, this is a really good um, call. I appreciate you uh, even tagging the, uh, cl- you know, in the class uh, group. when I was able to get on this call. It was a great call.
1: Awesome. With me, y'all, honey, we are a sisterhood in this in this group here, and we will be praying for you because yes, people do need you. And that sometimes, um, as women, what we do is we carry the load, and for everyone. And so um, I'm, I'm glad and grateful and, you know, that I was able to pour into you, so now you can go and pour out because that's what it's about. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we're here every week, every Wednesday at the same time, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, any more questions, comments, or anything else you would like to share out? Okay. Well, of course, if you – I'm going to go ahead and give my own recap because you guys know that's my normally my favorite part of <laughs> the call when I am not hosting myself is my recap. So I just wanted to remind you of some of the key points that I spoke about tonight. I want you to know that um, these points were not of my own but kind of came to me. Um, you know, my background is in counseling, and so I did a little bit of research. Two, I wanted to make sure that what I'm presenting to you is factual information and not just me speaking off the head. Um, the doctor that I alluded to um, when I was talking and was quoting from some of his research was um, Dr. Robert Firestone. He is amazing, um, but we're going to make sure that you are not sabotaging in the following ways. The first way that we oftentimes self-sabotage is constantly saying "if." Questioning the shoulda, coulda, woulda. So be conscious of every time you're questioning something else. Okay, to question, but it's when you stay in that moment of questioning and it makes you stagnant. So there's a difference, okay? So the if, okay? Then what about our thinking? Okay, sometimes our thought processes are detrimental to our processes. So you want to make sure that you are clearing your thinking up and, you know, renewing your mind. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed to say that. We've had this conversation on the call before. So for me, it's going to God daily and asking him to, you know, give me the proper thoughts because clearly if I have to think for myself, you know, that will be a little bit twisted for me, okay? So you want to make sure your thoughts are okay. And then you want to make sure that you're um, not only just making sure your thoughts are okay, but you're processing the thoughts and not trying to avoid thoughts um, because, you know, a fear of where they may lead you to. Sometimes when you just feel the thoughts, and go through that process, it'll lead you to an end where, you know what, this doesn't even make sense in the first place. So you could just counteract that with the negativity with some positive things in your life, okay? And then the third thing is our emotional state. Ladies, we have to keep our emotions intact. And one of the things I always like to say is, you know, we sometimes get so heated that it's just steam coming out of our ears. And so what I say to that is leave the lid halfway off the pot and let some of that steam escape. The food was still cooked. And so what that means is that it's okay to feel, get mad and angry, but you shouldn't stay there, okay? It's okay to, you know, get upset, be disappointed, and, oh, man, I felt I messed up, okay, but then what is the next step? So you want to make sure that you're in control of those things. And then you also want to make sure um, that you don't keep restarting. Every time you, you know you're working on something, it's a restart, it's a restart. Finish something first. Maybe you'll actually be successful at it. So those are the things that you want to make sure. Make sure you're keeping you're keeping yourself moving uniformly forward in a straight line. That's inertia. You don't want to be at a state of rest. You want to keep moving. When you get knocked down, get back up. When it fails, find a new way. You know, I like to say that failure is an opportunity to get it right the next time, to improve it, to do it better, to create a new way, to become creative, and you know, create something that's never been created before. So. Those are all the ways that we self sabotage. So, now how do we identify or even know? Am I self sabotaging? Definitely? I don't know. Where well, do you go? Identify self sabotaging behavior. Okay? Then recreate the pattern that you've already lived in probably for most of your life. Then you have to identify the health and replacement behavior. Okay, because you can't just take away a behavior. You have to replace it with something. We know that. It's just like when we're dieting and exercising. You don't stop eating. You replace the food that you're eating, the bad food, for something good and more helpful to your body. It's the same thing, okay? You want to also practice the new behavior until it becomes a habit. The same way we work out day in and out until it becomes a habit, you want to make sure that you are practicing the new behavior in the same way with the same motivation knowing that there is a means to an end. No, it will not be easy easy. No, you will not want to do it every day. You wanna curse somebody out. You wanna slap her and tell her where to go and where she can get off at and all of that. But is it worth it? You wanna ask yourself, will this get me will this behavior, my response get me to where I'm trying to go? Absolutely not, not if it's in a negative statement. So guys, this has been
0: Well, thank you for listening to the empowerment call on self-sabotage that I recorded some time ago. As you can see, we had loads of fun. There were lots of questions and feedback and commentary. But more importantly, I was able to change the lives and perspectives of those callers. This leads me to my favorite part of the podcast, On the Record with Dez. This is the part where I summarize the show and send you back to life with a solution. So here's the solution for this week. Remember, behavior is said to be self-sabotaging when it creates problems in your life and interferes with long-standing goals. Among the most common self-sabotaging behaviors are procrastination, self-medication with drugs or alcohol, comfort, eating, and forms of self-injury such as cutting. Like, we didn't get into the cutting thing, but... There are so many other um, telltale signs of self-sabotaging that maybe I'll revisit it another time. But how can we interrupt this behavior? Here's a solution. Understand what self-sabotage actually is. Many of us are engaged in self-destructive behaviors that have become habits. Number two, recognize self-sabotaging habits. Identify root causes. Take time for self-reflection. Find your inner positive voice. Change your pattern of behavior. Make small, meaningful changes. And set goals and make plans. Well, this concludes this episode of Des 360, Wisdom and Wit for Women. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for more Wisdom and Wit for Women, where I send you back to life with a solution. Enjoy today's show? Visit my website and subscribe and don't be selfish. Share with your friends and family. Bye-bye.